Hey guys, thank you so much for listening or watching our podcast. If you're enjoying our podcast, we would like to invite you to support us by leaving us a review. Let us know how you have been encouraged by each one of the stories that you have listened here. Also leaving us your feedback. You can also help by following us on social media on Instagram and Facebook or by liking or commenting on our post and also by sharing with your friends and family. Also, don't forget to subscribe on our podcast and YouTube channel. Another way that you can also help us is financially by visiting our Patreon page by going on the link here on the description. This is Ordinary People with Extraordinary Lives, a series dedicated to the testimonies of believers and followers of Jesus Christ. I am your host, Arlenis Bakalu. Thank you for being part of our 2020 journey. And as we conclude this year and we welcome a new one, we have Jose Rosales with a devotional reflecting on 2020 and looking forward to 2021. Happy New Year from our team of ordinary people with extraordinary lives. Here's Jose. Hi, my name is Jose Rosales and I am joining Ordinary People with Extraordinary Lives. And I have the privilege to bring to you a devotional, a reflection of 2020 and looking forward to 2021. We are going to be looking at a quick review, an honest reflection, and a biblical response. Let's start with a quick review. The obvious. Unwrapping 2020 is no pretty present. I know of people who want to think of everything else but 2020. 2020 for many of us could be compared to a dog that threw up only to return back to its vomit to lick it up. This year has been filled with guidelines and restrictions, but there is a greater restriction that has been set up and it is ruling the thrones of many hearts. This enemy is fear. And like the dog returning to its own vomit, so it is with many of us in fear. This is nothing new. Think for a moment with me back to the beginning of time of Adam and Eve. After falling into sin, Having been gripped with fear because of their shame and guilt, immediately they covered themselves with fig leaves, thinking to cover what was apparently obvious, that fear ruled their hearts. This fear that they had of one another was a cover-up of a greater fear of a holy God. If the covering that they attempted to clothe themselves with was effective, then why did they remain in hiding? And that's the question we need to ask ourselves. In 28 verse 1, it says that the wicked flee when no one pursues, but the righteous are as bold as a lion. The question is, why are the wicked fleeing when no one is pursuing? And the answer to that is because they have a guilty conscience. At this point, it is important to ask ourselves what happened. But before answering that question, Let me just say this, God is not so much concerned about the situation, but more concerned about how we respond. For example, Psalms 115 says that God sits on his throne and he does whatever he pleases. Lamentations chapter 3 verses 37 and 39 talks about, don't you know that from the mouth of the Lord that good and bad come? And Hebrews chapter 1 verses 3 says that Christ upholds the universe by the power of his word. I want to talk a little bit about informative knowledge. I want to give a brief definition of what informative knowledge is. It is a lenses or a grid 
that a person thinks through. It acts as a filter on how a person is responding to the present situation due to information or knowledge that they have received. And in light of this information, I want to give a few examples of people in the Bible who were looking at the past and in light of the past were facing the certain situation that was present in their day. For example, David, when he faced Goliath, he drew back to a memory from the past, from his experience as a shepherd boy. And he was interpreting his present situation in light of the experience of him rescuing his sheep from the lion's or the bear's mouth. And he was able to face Goliath. And in light of Naomi, she was viewing her present situation as she was entering into Bethlehem. And she drew back also to a past experience. And she says, call me bitter. Because she was viewing her past and the way that God had dealt with her in bitterness. It was acting like an interpretive grid in the way that she was responding to her present situation. Now back to Adam and Eve. To answer that question that we posed earlier, Eve was informed of a lie and she considered it, which gave birth to a desire. And this desire gave birth to death. We can see this easily in James chapter 1 verses 14 to 15. And this desire gave birth to what the Word of God says, a desire to make one wise. This desire fueled her choice, fueled her desire, and she responded with the choice. So in other words, informative knowledge is whatever you are informing yourself, which fuels your desires and directs your choices. Now to talk about an honest reflection. It's so very easy for us to look at the present circumstances and to whether it's pointing fingers or not really taking an honest reflection about what's going on in our hearts. Our hearts is the central core of who we are. It is our inner being. It is made up of intellect, desires, and choices. It can be easily be said and be called the chambers of the heart. Knowledge, desires, and choices. And in Proverbs chapter 4, verses 23 to 27, it says, Guard your heart with all vigilance, for from it flow the springs of life. It is very interesting that the next following verses talks about our mouth, talks about our eyes, and it talks about our feet. In other words, what Solomon is saying is that your body will not move unless your heart has consented or given permission for it to move. Let me explain. Your heart, because it's the central core of who you are, will direct what you say. It will direct what you set your eyes on, and it will direct your feet. Our God is a tester of hearts, according to Proverbs chapter 17, verses 3, Psalms chapter 7, verses 9. In Deuteronomy chapter 8, through Moses, it says, And you shall know that the whole way that the Lord God brought you to the wilderness to know what was in your heart. God knows all things. As we just mentioned, God is a tester of hearts. He sits on his throne and he does whatever he pleases. He took them through the wilderness so that they would know what was in their hearts. And the questions we need to ask ourselves is, what is on the throne of our hearts? What are we allowing to rule our hearts 
whatever information or knowledge we are informing ourselves, which directs and fuels our desires and directs our choices. It's important that we understand that because of Proverbs chapter 15, verse 11, that Sheol and Abaddon lay open before the Lord, so the hearts of men. We lay naked and exposed before God. And it's important for us to say at this point that we must be concerned about how we respond to the present situation. During this time, I have witnessed and testified many people, some coming to saving faith. One person who was not saved, his marriage was at the brink of ruin, came in asking for help. And another, thinking that they were saved for many years, came to find out that he wasn't, committed his life to the Lord. I know of, of someone else who professed with his mouth that Jesus is Lord, but, but his heart was far from him. Went out and indulged in a sexual lifestyle that was unfruitful. And it's very interesting. Even the proverb says, if you give your energy and waste your time with this lifestyle, easy money or easy sex, at the end of his life, he's going to say, why didn't I listen to my teachers? All his energy and all his wealth is going to be wasted. I even, met, I even noticed are disappearing. I've called many people who I knew from the church and just many others and nowhere to be heard of, don't know what's going on in their life. So it's very important that we guard our hearts because our hearts will direct what we say, our hearts will direct what we set our eyes on, and our hearts will direct where we walk. The Word of God says in Proverbs chapter 28, verse 26, it says that he who trusts in his own mind is a fool. Proverbs chapter 3, verses 5 to 6, it says, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Acknowledge him in all your ways, and he shall direct your paths. We must be walking by faith, not by fear. We must fight fear with fear, fighting sinful fear with godly fear. Now to come to the next point, a biblical response. But before I talk about uh, a biblical response, those who love their simplicity, the Word of God says that you are open to everything and committed to nothing. The only thing you're committed to is openness. You love being simple. You love being uncommitted. And so it is no doubt that you are in fear because whatever you fear the most, you love the most whatever you love the most to fear. And so if you are not a believer, then you should fear. Not because of COVID, but because God will demand an account for your life. And just like Adam and Eve, and they sued fig leaves as a covering, let's be honest here, there's a greater problem, and that is your sin. And because you are in fear, that's obvious that you are in sin. Your shame and guilt need to be covered. It is a cover-up for a greater fear, and that's your fear of God. One day he will demand an account for your life. You need to be covered by the true clothing of Christ's righteousness, turning from your vomit and trusting in Christ. As of now, you are arrested with fear, but you could be gripped in his love. Who would have ever thought that the very temporary clothing that God provided in the very beginning would become the very idols that we wear on our faces? And it is a reflection that we need a true covering. And that true covering only comes through Christ to the committed, to those who have given themselves to the Lord, to those who have trusted in Christ, who have been clothed in His righteousness. I want to give you and provide hope that in God's faithfulness, no temptation has overtaken you that is common to man. God is faithful and that He will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you can handle. 
but always provide a way of escape. In 2 Thessalonians chapter 3, verses 3, it says that the Lord is faithful. He will strengthen you and establish you and keep you from the evil one. In 1 John 1, 9, it says, If you have stumbled and caught up in sin, it says, Confess your sins, for He is faithful and just to forgive you of your sins and to cleanse you from all unrighteousness. You don't have to remain in bondage to your sin. Christ came and saved us so we can be slaves of righteousness. And so from the beginning to the end, we know that God is faithful. Finally, as we have surveyed the external and examined the internal, we must begin somewhere, and it must start in our heart. As I mentioned earlier, in Proverbs chapter 4, verses 23 to 27, it's very important that we guard our hearts. The Word of God tells us how to guard our hearts. In Psalms 119, verses 9 through 11, it says, how can a young man keep his ways pure? By guarding your word in my heart that I would not sin against you. We must confess our sins, throwing up the vomit of our soul and repent, not returning back to that vomit because we have a new nature. Therefore, for those who are in Christ Jesus, the old has passed and the new has come. We must not be conformed to this world, but being transformed by the renewing of our mind so that we would know what the good acceptable, and perfect will of the Lord is. Therefore, since we have so great of a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and sin which clings so closely, looking to the author and finisher of our faith. You speak to you the most. And because you speak to you the most, what gospel are you preaching to yourself? Is it the gospel of living in the fear of the Lord? Or is it in the gospel of this world? And so we must be speaking truth into our heart because this is what the Lord delights in. And we are part of the body. Just like in Ephesians 4, we are growing up into the measure of stature of the fullness of Christ. We must be speaking the truth to one another. And one, one side of the spectrum, for those of us uh, who are saved, we must follow what the Word of God says in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 12. Admonish the idle, encourage the faint-hearted, help the weak but be patient with them all. We must encourage each other and not forsaking the assembly of one another, stirring up one another to love and good works as we see the day drawing near. I also want to talk about those who are enslaved, whether with fear or caught up in easy money and easy sex. I want to give a real life example of what happened to me a few months ago. I went out to the beach. I was invited by some brothers and sisters, and I was ready to go into the water, and a brother asked me if I wanted to swim out to the buoys with him. I looked at the situation, and I seen, well, it's not that far, I told myself, and so I told him, let's go. So we went out to swim out to the buoys, and I've never done this before. As I reached the buoy, I am looking back, swimming to the shore, and I realize that I've wasted a lot of strength swimming out over here. I was wondering if I could make it back. But being prideful, I underestimated the present circumstances. And as I was swimming back to the shore, I realized that I was swimming and swimming, but I wasn't moving anywhere. I kept looking at the present circumstances, and I realized that I was stuck in a current. And fear started to grip my heart. And even though my head was above the water, 
I felt like I was drowning. And that could be for many of us today, caught up in sin, gripped with fear, feeling like you're lost. But it wasn't until a brother looked back and he asked me if I needed help. I could have said no, but the truth is I needed help. And it was then that I found hope. And he swam over to help me and to guide me to swim against the current in a very specific way. And I found hope and I was strengthened. And so once I made it to the shore, I asked myself, Lord, what do you want me to learn about this? And the truth is that I realized that we always need help. And it wasn't until I called out that I received that help. And so God has provided the church. God has provided his word, which is a lamp unto our feet and a light into our path. And we have everything pertaining to life and godliness. And he has provided the Holy Spirit to help us, to counsel us, to be able to live a life that God wants us to live. A reformed way of thinking, a biblical response. In Job chapter 36, verse 21, it says that it is better to suffer affliction than to sin. As I end this devotional, I want to just encourage believers to remain steadfast, unshakable, immovable, and always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that the Lord never forgets the labor of the saints. And so let us encourage each other as we see the day drawing near. I am Jose Rosales, joining you with ordinary people with extraordinary lives, and have a happy new year. Hey guys, thank you so much for listening or watching our podcast. If you're enjoying our podcast, we would like to invite you to support us by leaving us a review. Let us know how you have been encouraged by each one of the stories that you have listened here. Also leaving us your feedback. You can also help by following us on social media on Instagram and Facebook or by liking or commenting on our post and also by sharing with your friends and family. Also, don't forget to subscribe on our podcast and YouTube channel. Another way that you can also help us is financially by visiting our Patreon page by going on the link here on the description.